Bye. Short Bus Debate Club. It's a bus. Rolling. I can get on board. <laughs> Hello, I'm Darren Jolly. <laughs> it's time to get this short bus started. So let's roll. And on with the show. Hello and welcome to another edition of Short Bus Debate Club. This is Brian Courtney, and as always, Darren Jolly is across the table from me. Hi, long time no eat. Jesus Christ, that went through the roof. Oh, good, for once. So this week, this episode, um, we are going to be talking about, well, something we've touched on a couple of times in the past, <coughs> censorship, um, but... As Darren announced at the end of the last episode you listened to, which can you can you remember that seventy five two? You don't need to get that close this time, dude. I don't know what the fuck is going on, but it's going through. I mean, you're louder than me. Well, that's fucking weird. No shit. Um, your levels are great, dude. This is awesome. Um, <laughs> anyway, so we're gonna talk about censorship. I know the. The Roald Dahl thing um, really kind of bothered Darren with Netflix, and so that's kind of why we got onto this topic. Um, but I'll let him exchange, er, explain more. So I will, I will, I will say a, a, a couple of things. All right. So um, in the in the film. And we'll get into this more, and obviously the 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 lighter side of things. But um, in the film, The Fifth Estate, uh, um, Cumberbatch, the dude that played Julian Assange's character, uh, he quoted uh, Oscar Wilde um, in this moment, and he says, "Give a man a mask, and he will tell you the truth." Right. So, like, that's a thought that I'm going to keep coming back to, but uh, not until a little bit later. But it'll it'll keep sort of like recycling into what a lot of my thoughts are. Um, but like Brian said, um, as a kid, I wasn't a great reader. Um, I needed to get somebody that captured my imagination that sort of got me motivated to kind of get involved in literature in the first place. So in children's literature, there was a book, like you'd have your teacher, they would read uh, a chapter a day or a part of a chapter a day, and we were forced to listen, which I thought was an incredible exercise because a lot of times ideas are rooted in your ability to to read by yourself but listening is something that we don't focus on a lot on socially in terms of like a active listening as a as a, a skill that we should probably work harder on and master um but i love this uh thing that my teacher did every day and you know like a lot of the stuff they'd read but i was sort of like passively engaging in it um and then uh, they, the teacher read, I can't remember if it was second or third grade, but I think it was second, uh, Danny the Champion of the World. And for whatever fucking reason, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I have tons of fucking siblings. You know, I wasn't raised by my fucking dad. I certainly wasn't raised my dad by my dad in rural fucking, you know, England, right? But for whatever reason, it just it got under my skin. So I read the book uh, before she finished the book in that, you know, and then I, I read it several times after that. So it was like one of the first books that that caught me so much that I, I, I kept re-engaging it and then other gateways to where like uh you know the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory stuff, the great glass elevator, Roll Doll was just probably one of the 
the first really instrumental children's literature people in getting me interested in literature and I'm not alone in that he's you know the BFG with all the different things that he wrote there were tons of people throughout since those books came out that uh, that loved him but uh, and there were some problems with, with regards to some things that he was saying there was there was uh, something with regards to uh, um, the way that the Oompa Loompas were originally written and it was sort of like this uh, he had intended it as this critique of um, British imperialism um, sort of like the Rudyard Kipling and the way that they taught you know orientalism and all that kind of shit um, but it came off as pretty racist right so it was something that was addressed in the 70s to him and uh, there was a dialogue between him and other people and he saw exactly the point that they were trying to make and he's like you know what I could probably rewrite this part a little bit better and uh, it would be more respectful to the people who are coming from these rural you know these uh uh, not at the center of Western uh, culture parts of the world, right? So the Oompa Loompas were fucking creepy, dude. Yeah, they they were. I mean, seriously. I, but right? I never, I never. I mean, because that, that they did that change the year that you were. I think it was seventy three. Because the year you were born. So yeah. that was we never. I never read. Well, I didn't read the book mm -hmm. anyway. Uh -huh. But the original movie, Charlie, they, they Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, with those fucking orange. That's why I always called Donald Trump a fucking Oompa Loompa. Because he's orange like that, dude. Um, and I know some of our listeners probably haven't ever seen that fucking movie. They just know the Johnny Depp version. But. Watch it. The first one is awesome. It really is pretty fucking cool. But you're right. They did the fucking weird-ass dances. And I don't know if that was based on the book or the rewrites yeah it's, i i don't know like the, the original movie i think it was made look more like 60 76 77 but I, like i can't i can't remember right at the top of my head but uh either way netflix bought the uh entire roald doll um catalog right and when they did that they started to uh alter certain things in some of these books um because they wanted to make them more uh appealing in the uh, the woke postmodern environment that is being constructed collectively right now. So, as a for instance, um, like Augustus Gloop, they changed. They they don't refer to him as fat anymore because they don't want to be fat shaming anybody. Um, also, in witches, um, there's a comment where uh, I can't remember. I don't know if it's the the um, the protagonist or if it's the narrator. They say um, you don't know you you could be at the store and. Uh, the checkout the checkout girl or you could be in an office and the secretary so they changed those uh, vocations in the book to uh, lawyer or doctor and uh, CEO or like bo corporate board member or something like that because they wanted to uh, have a more uh, positive projection of what it was that uh, women's jobs could be um, and this, like, immediately when I started to look at this, uh, it's it started to irritate the fuck out of me. Um, I, I, I uh, at some other time, maybe we can talk about the problems with wokeness. But there's something that definitely uh, is problematic in the sense that, like, literature is constructed in a certain way by an author, you know, and it's and it's a it's a reflection of that time period. I don't think that we need to be going in and and of course like we'll get into some caveats where maybe you know like because they did the same thing with Shakespeare or something that you brought up and you really got into that in the discussion but uh, 
He's talking to me, by the way, not yeah, you guys. Yeah, so but the, po- the point is is that the Roald Dahl thing really set, set me in a certain direction. But what, when I looked at it, like there were two things that were sort of like happening at the same time. And when we talk about stuff like civil liberties or censorship or freedom of expression, there's always sort of like a framework that exists in specific moments in time that guides our understanding of these discussions. So on one hand, you see the, uh, the shifting of certain aspects of uh, entire body of literature by uh, an author that has been historically revered as being capable of really getting kids to engage in child literature. But because there are these little caveats, people want to go in and they want to start tweaking things in them. And so that's happening. The corporate woke shit is happening on the left, the alleged left end of the spectrum. And then on the right end of the spectrum, you have the DeSantis uh, Florida House Bill 1467, uh, which was requiring a process for reviewing and removing books found with with objectionable material from uh, inside of schools, right? So uh, the the framework. So that, like, the the point is is that like uh, like a school board would have to say there's this book that uh, we think has what we consider objectionable material, right? And uh, they would take it. They would have uh, a public discussion debate over the content of the specific books. And if it was found that those uh, were books that those specific parents within that. Uh, how, uh, school district uh, didn't agree with because the whole idea that uh, DeSantis was trying to sell was that it gave parents more of a stake in what teachers were teaching in schools where teachers don't have carte blanche with regards to it. Uh, parents get to give input. And like ultimately what ended up happening was these uh, massive amounts of books started to get banned in these different school districts inside of Florida, and it tended to uh, be focusing on uh, issues relating to um, younger um, young adults generally uh, struggling with issues in relation to sexuality, in relation to identity, and also um, uh, ideas of racism that uh, where it was so like for instance uh, who who was the um, uh, not Rod Crew, um, the guy from uh, uh, Milwaukee, um, the one that they uh, uh, they banned his book. Um, oh, um, not Jackie Robinson. No, it was the fucking Puerto Rican. Yes, book, right? that's a, yes. Uh huh. Um, um, I don't know why I can't remember I, his I name. Can't Great, remember. I, it'll come to me in a minute. But uh, he talked about his experience being a. Uh, coming into the league and his experience with racism and they literally pulled this book out because he even talked about the fact that he experienced racism Conseco? not Conseco. No. no is it way before Conseco? right i know i'm just trying to think yeah it's i know he, he, yeah he's he it's he's a he is a uh, a milwaukee he was a milwaukee brewer um as soon as it starts with a c uh but so those were the themes themes in relation to sexuality identity in young adults and issues in relation to racism so they literally started to pull anything that had to do with that out uh saying that uh the racism stuff was an expression of critical race theory i i i do not 
want to get into a discussion over what it is that constitutes critical race theory. Anything that has to do with racism is I'm not... I'm assuming you're talking to me again. I'm talking to them, <laughs> fucker. Anything that has to do with racism is not synonymous with critical race theory. Critical race theory is a very specific legal doctrine, um, and uh, things have gone off the rails with regards to it. Um, and a lot of that is because of the the ridiculous woke shit that's affecting stuff like Raul Dahl in, corp in corporate spaces. So there's all kinds of blame to go around with how this is happening. But while these two different things are going on, the Raul Dahl thing, and then the Florida DeSantos House Bill 1467, in the background there's this thing going on with the Twitter files. And when I think about the Twitter files, I think about it in the context more of a bigger issue in relation to civil liberties. Like, we're talking about these two... And like I said, I love Roald Dahl. I mean, I, like, this is an important thing to me. But at the same time, if you're going to talk about civil liberties we're allowing ourselves to get caught in the fucking weeds and not realizing that the Twitter files was, was an extension of policies that developed post 9-11 that uh, helped us to be understood through the stuff that, uh, that both uh, Julian Assange through WikiLeaks and uh, um, the, the dipshit that's in Russia. Why well, I, I can never remember his dumbass fucking name. Um, Citizen Four. Uh, the scrawny kid who worked for the NSA and the CIA. Oh, sorry, I was reading. Um, Edward Snowden. Yeah. So Edward Snowden, through 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 the uh, the things that Snowden helped handed to the the Guardian folks, Glenn Greenwald and the like, uh, to show what the NSA was doing through spying, through telecommunications networks, through the internet, and 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 then of course everything that Assange did by creating a space to where whistleblowers were able to. Uh, blow the whistle and keep their identities secure um, these are real substantive concerns when it comes to issues as it relates to civil liberties freedom of expression freedom of the press things like that so I, I want to I guess just say something because I didn't realize until I was just now reading that it wasn't just the doll books but because of all of these fucking assholes complaining about everything constantly, they're making changes to the Bond books. Really? Yes. I mean, and those were just straight sexist fucking, but who gives a fuck? Okay, so... What was that, who, what was that author's name? What's his name? Ian Fleming. Ian Fleming, that's right, yes. Uh -huh. Okay, so they're making changes to the Bond books, and they said, you know, anything that was said negatively about black people, they're removing... Um, and then, you know, most critics are complaining that there's still, you know, sex and, and sexism and, and all of that stuff. Here's, here's the problem that I have. You and I talked about how we didn't want to make any edits to this show or delete any copies of the show for the purpose of posterity, right? So you mentioned that I had talk to you about the Shakespeare thing. Mm -hmm. So this brother and sister, the sister really did it, but back then in the early 1800s, a male was really the one who had the juice. Mm -hmm. So her brother Tom got the, the credit for it. What was the family's last name? It's B-O-W-D-L-E-R. So 
they actually have a verb named after him now. And it, to do what Netflix is doing to the doll books, I would consider bodlerizing or bodlerizing. Um which is the same as redacting, changing, editing. What a, how, what a horrible what a horrible act to have identified with your name for all of history. I'm I'm sure they kind of dig it because you know that was during that fucking time of temperance and change and chastity and all of that bullshit. And I I don't want to say that it was during that time because for some reason throughout history we've always rolled back in to something like this. You know the Romans got rid of orgies. Then in the Wild West, they got rid of whores and opium. And, and now we're here and we're getting rid of this stuff. But I think my original thought was the posterity thing. So I think it would be important for whomever, whether it was a female or a black person, an Asian, to see that in the doll books, oh, well, we used to call people fat. That's because fat is a fucking adjective. You... <laughs> anyway, we used to call people fat. We don't call them fat anymore because that's fat shaming and eh, whatever. But it's important because they can say, well, you know, maybe it shows, maybe it gives us a barometer of whether or not we're doing better or not. Maybe. I I'm not saying it's true, but for posterity... Somebody could go back and look and say, you know what? Ian Fleming made all sorts of negative comments about black people. And he had Asians as servants and whatever. And every time they had rice, they said lice. Shit like that. Yes. Well, that was mostly Austin Powers. But but still, in the in in the yes. movies they which was a reflection of the and I don't know how much it's going to be connecting to actually what Ian Fleming was writing I never have you ever read any of the goofy ass books that he wrote no no, no. he died by the time in 1964 so he was dead a long time before I was born and then I just started watching the movies in the 80s I mean <laughs> and I continued when did they start them. when did they start making them when was the first Bond film make made. Uh, fuck, I don't know. Sean Connery, I would say probably Sean 58, Connery. maybe, 62, somewhere in there. <laughs> if I had to guess. No, no, I'm, I'm just, just like, like Sean, I mean, like, he is an important Scottish actor. In like, this is, like, art as a medium for understanding the movement of history. Because when I was there, that, that, that article that I was reading by Herbert Marcuse, where he's talking about concepts of tolerance, he talks a ton about art is a, bar a barometer for it's exactly what you just said. It's, it's a way for us to understand where we were, where we are, and it also gives us an idea where we should be yeah, going. Yeah, like concretely, like, like, so these were the strategies that were used in the, in the 60s in the United States. You can't, you know, you're not going to have, you're not going to relive Selma, Alabama. The Montgomery bus boycotts are never going to function again. You're never going to have the Nation of Islam through the fucking, uh, the the eyes and the experience of the Nation of Islam and Malcolm X or, you know, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad or any of that shit happening any more than you're going to have Huey, you know, and, and Bobby. Or, you know, you can pick, other, you know, Dolores Huerta, the fucking... Uh, you know the the, the Latino Latina movements and Any stuff like that. Any significant yeah. figure in history. We 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 live in a different time period. So 
we need to not falsely construct our artistic positions because if we do that, it's like we lose our historical footing. We need that, that footprint to show us what art was during a certain time period and how what, he, what, what Marcuse suggests, it turns into pseudo-art because in that Hegelian, Marxian way where you think about conflict and struggle moving history, uh, trying to relive this uh, art that was revolutionary during certain time periods. You know, uh, the, the, who was the, the Mexican artist who was married to Frida Kahlo? Um, he was commissioned by the, uh, the rich-ass oil people to make that big ass in that... Uh, the Standard Oil uh, family. I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. Dude. So, uh, this uh, the one the guy that I don't know why I ever I can never fucking remember anybody's name. But he wrote this. He drew this big mural in uh, Rockefeller. The rock in Rockefeller Plaza. He was commissioned by uh, Pablo. Um, Not Picasso. No, because uh, it was after that. Um, but either way, he he was commissioned to do this. And he put a picture of... Pablo Nefredo? No, 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 no. no, no that's no. a writer. Never mind. Um, I remember after uh, after his wife died... Uh, whatever. I'll come back to it in a minute. But above um, the Rockefeller, they put he put this image of syphilis, right? Because he was trying to create this image of, uh, like, superpower developing out of financial places... Frida Kahlo's husband is what I'm trying to remember. Just say Pablo Neruda. It's not Neruda. You said the one that was married to Frida Kahlo, right? Well, maybe he maybe he married her after. No, no, because Kahlo died. Um, but uh, they made him take it off the... Um, Diego, Diego, Diego Rivera. Rivera, of course. Diego Rivera. Um so uh, they made him take it off the uh, the mural, and then he repainted the mural in Mexico City, which of course sucked because your your take it's a, it's a perfect example. When he did it in Rockefeller Plaza, he was talking about capitalism in a certain way. He was talking about power as 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 a Mexican artist. There's a there's a power relation between the United States and Mexico, uh, all of these various different things. But when they allowed him, so like again, they 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 ended up destroying it in Rockefeller Plaza when all, everything was said and done. But when he re when he redid it down there, it's like had no it doesn't yeah. So it's yeah. exactly what 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 he's what Marcuse is talking about the difference between art and pseudo art. So, and why you can't fuck with fucking literature because you're you're ruining the historical function, which is the argument that you were suggesting. Yes, and that was the the reason that I mentioned you know Thomas and Henrietta or Harriet. That was but, their name. Yeah, um, is because. I think the difference is between what they did to Shakespeare and what Netflix is doing to Dahl is that the original Shakespeare still existed and was still being sold maybe right next to it. Mm -hmm. But they said, okay, this is Shakespeare unedited. Maybe it's offensive. This is Shakespeare by a bunch of fucking pious prude cocksuckers. <laughs> and I think that that was exactly what was written on the cover. So um, you want to do what Tipper Gore did, where you have, this is the explicit lyrics. No, firm. I don't okay. ever want to do anything <laughs> Tipper Gore did. <laughs> Never. 
But I would prefer something like that. Okay, and so that's what they said about the James Bond books. And apparently Disney did something similar. So on inside the cover of these books, or maybe on the cover, there's a disclaimer that reads... This book was written at a time when terms and attitudes which might be considered offensive by modern readers were commonplace. So that's going on a lot of the Ian Fleming stuff, and it is very similar to what they put on stuff like Jungle Book for Disney. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make me any happier, especially if they're pulling shit out. But I would prefer the warning to, and I fucking hate that term I, I know i hate everything but yeah anything's loaded when you're when you're saying yeah warning or well, something no, like that. i just hate woke these mm-hmm. motherfuckers oh, okay. are not woke they are the dumbest cocksuckers i have ever ever met in my life and they need to have their fucking top knots cut off their head they need all of the shit their top that, their top knots well i mean most of them have man buns right this woke population. I, I was somewhere the other day and somebody said, dude, you, cause my hair is getting long. You should do the man bun. And I said, I would fucking sooner slip my wrist in a warm tub than do a fucking man bun. So to be woke, I mean, it makes it sound like we have reached enlightenment and these motherfuckers are so far from enlightened that it's, it's amazing to me. I don't know who originally came up with it, but I've heard stand up comedians complain about them and call them woke. Um, <laughs> I've read stuff on the internet mm-hmm. where they talk shit about the woke people. Um, actually, I think, oh no, it wasn't this article that I'm reading right now. It was a, the previous one about the doll stuff. It said, doll is now be, being written for the, the woke crowd. Don't, and I, I don't want to get into an argument about woke, yeah, woke, whatever. I mean, the fact is we've, we've got a serious issue because if we take the barometer, mm-hmm. and even though I said things cycle, mm-hmm. we're supposed to be at a place now where people understand that, one, they can put the book down. If you don't like it, don't turn a fucking page. Put it down. Recommend that no one else reads it. But don't try to have it changed because it's not yours. Yeah. Okay. So, but now you're now you're making making an argument that you you just gonna you. So I mean, like ultimately, you just have to lose that argument because you can make that argument and that's the ideal type that you want, right? But that's not gonna happen. No, it's not because I, I Netflix that. owns fucking, which is just again makes me want to slip my wrist in yes. a warm tub. But but I'm me- talking about other things besides doll, just in general, because we're changing lots of stuff. And like I said, comedians are changing their sets to make the woke crowd more happy. Yeah, it's, 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 but that's okay. So then that, that is point. So like when I said part of the reason why I hate even, I didn't even want to like frame it in the Roald Dahl versus DeSantis thing, but at least I have to see that because I have to see, like you said, this is what's happening. I mean, uh, you, you have pieces of art that are being changed and you have artists that are literally changing the way that they're constructing their art it's turning into pseudo art you know in marcusean terms because they're not trying to be like like we, and we've talked about before like uh the function of um dc guy the, the funniest motherfucker on the planet dave chappelle, dave chappelle uh he, he it's his responsibility 
to to show us where we're being stupid and and to laugh at it right so his friend neil because mm-hmm. dave Chappelle quit doing stand-up for a while and it was because of that whole transgender fucking uproar whatever well he said i'm not gonna make fun of trans anymore because we can't we can't have this conversation well, no, but uh-huh. I mean, he didn't do a fucking stand-up show for like, maybe he did stand-up shows, but he didn't do a stand-up special for like five fucking years. Not five, not after that. He did, he did one, he did one, he didn't do them in between when he, uh, when he walked away from the money, but he did not, that, that one that was done, the trans one was done three years ago, dude. Well, he quit for a while. And I know the only reason I know this is because he talked about it on the special I just watched mm-hmm. and his friend Neil the white guy yeah. that said he's the one that said sprinkle some crack on him um <laughs> do you want do you want to give the whole yeah just so that they they they, they got a little bit more context <laughs> it was an old Chappelle special um like really old probably early 2000s mm-hmm. before comedy central i'm pretty sure wow um, like after half baked though right yeah yeah, mm-hmm. but um, so he hung out with Neil. Neil's the guy that helped him write Half Baked, um, and I think he directed it. But anyway, in that stand-up special, Chappelle was talking about somebody getting shot, and then they were at a party, and somebody died, and at every scene, the cops would generally plant crack on these guys because they were black, they were in the hood, so Neil just started saying, "Sprinkle some crack on him." <laughs> it's important that we case laugh. closed. It's important that we laugh about the stupidity of these things. And I, I understand with all this stuff with regards to what happened with BLM. But of course, BLM was going on for fucking seven years before that, anyway. But um, we, we, it's important that we uh, we have to use, we have to understand that comedy. It. it and of course, like the shit of it is, is that no matter what, like we do, I can sit there and I can try to tell people that they need to shut the fuck up and listen to the message that the comedy's offering and laugh at the same time because my God, it just fucking is so wonderful anyway. Like that's why we love comedy is because, because it fucking makes us fucking roll in the aisles and it shows something like if music that I fucking love, music that I love takes me somewhere, it shows me something that I never heard or seen before. That's 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 like comedy. That's like any good fucking art. Like you like it's like the fucking blindfolds come off your fucking eyes and you didn't even know that you had fucking blindfolds on in the first place. But I don't think a lot of people actually like comedy because they like to be comfortable. They don't like to be uncomfortable. Well, and they don't have I don't know if it's the analytical thought or common knowledge mm-hmm. or there's something missing there where it it doesn't click. And I'm not saying that they don't like certain types of comedy. I'm saying that they don't like comedy. Like, generally speaking, I don't like slapstick. I'm not a huge fucking Three Stooges fan. I love Chaplin, dude. But Chris Farley... Yeah, oh yeah, you loved loved yourself some Chris Farley. Right. Tommy Tommy Boy. I've never even seen Tommy Boy. You fucking talk about Tommy Boy for fucking 20 years. The guy's been dead forever. Yeah. Tommy Boy. Tommy Tommy boy, boy, Tommy boy. Um, yeah. So I mean, I guess I do like some slapstick, but 
you know, I'm not a huge Lewis Black fan, but that's not because I don't like dirty jokes. It's just his delivery. Because mm. um, Dave Attell fucking cracks me up, and he's blue as a motherfucker. So it's just... Th- that's what I'm saying, is that I don't think everybody likes comedy and it's something is is missing like maybe the way they were raised they were in a house that wasn't funny or they were told you know laughing is a sign of the devil or maybe they know. just don't like they don't understand it like they just don't their 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 mental capabilities are they're 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 having some some deficits because like when i when i hear the people that responded to like Chappelle um, or the people that are trying to adjust those concepts of comedy and trying to sort of like uh, cancel them, you know, blackball them, whatever, you know. Um, the way that they respond to that is through uh, practical and rhetorical despotism, you know. I mean, like when I you're canceling people, you're trying to systematically eliminate them from the social existence that allows for them to reproduce the exist the reproduce the conditions of their existence. I mean, they want people to not go. They wanted people to not go see Dave Chappelle. You know, if you go see Dave Chappelle, like, so part of the reason why after that trans thing, and you're right, you're right, it wasn't as long as you said it was, but there was such a backlash from certain people. And because uh, art tends to uh, come from left spaces a little bit more, like, like spaces of art, um, people came out and said, we're going to. If you ha- let Dave Chappelle come on, then we're going to... He did two in 2017, mm-hmm. one in 2019, and one in 2021. The Netflix specials. Because now he's under like a Netflix contract. The 2019 one was the one with the... Right? Because the, the, so the, the Bird one, that was the 2017 ones. The Equanimity and... and the Bird Revelation. Yeah. And then the next one was... Uh, Dave Chappelle. It just says Dave Chappelle. That was the one where he got crucified because he's done one more on netflix after that yeah two in 2017 one in 2019 and one in 2021 um but his friend neil Uh told him you know don't do it and then he's in neil's stand-up special he said dave warned him don't talk about this shit because Uh of the woke people Mm -hmm. and then his latest one the closer the one he did in Uh 2021 Mm -hmm. he talked about the woke people Mm -hmm. and he didn't back off and he still said shit that probably offended everybody which i think is fucking badass What's, but so did it's his, true it's so real did his white friend neil um those guys didn't change but other people i've heard them say i changed this because, because of, of yeah uh-huh. and to to cower in the face of morons is fucking retarded but that's i mean that's that's pseudo i mean that that's what it is at that point in time and it's 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 the way that like when i said earlier that you you were making an argument that you could you you can't win i mean whether we like it or not and and you're what what's their last name again the bodler so the bodlerizing and i'm sure it happened you know before that right like at the very least and, and, and this was the same thing that they graduated to in the Roald Dahl discussion. And the only thing that made me, like, n- at least lukewarm happy about it on some level is that 
they're going to have a copy that's produced that says that is this is the this is the version the way that Roald Dahl wrote it, and then this is the this is the more young kid friendly now, are version. They- are they going to let us purchase both? Yeah, that was at least the last thing that I heard. Or are was, they just going to keep one for the record? No, what my understanding is that, like, like the, that's why I brought the Tipper Gore thing up, is that there will be a, an explicit lyrics version and there will be a... Uh, uh, what what did they call those ones back then? Those stupid-ass ones that we I used to sell on tapes at Sam Goody. The ones that were... That didn't have explicit lyrics on them. Oh, the edited version. But they what did it say? Well, that, parental something of, or another? Yeah, or? Parental. I remember. I worked at Sam Goody back then. I just can't remember what the motherfucking well, thing they, said. They have the ratings on them on fucking video games for the same reason. So yeah. it's what parental guidance? No, that's edited. PG. Um, they weren't, but they didn't rate. They didn't rate those. They just had explicit or non-explicit. Right. It like said the old NWA ones. Lyrics. And it was just a black and white banner. Uh-huh. I d- did it say something about parents? Parental, parental, parental guidance or something explicit lyric. Parental guidance. Maybe the other ones they didn't put anything on, and the explicit lyric ones they put them on. Because the explicit lyric, from what I remember, it was just a little square, the little black down and white in the thing, bottom right hand yeah. corner of the CD, and it just said explicit lyrics, and it was black and white. Fuck the police coming straight from the underground. It's funny that you say that, dude. <laughs> you and I were talking about this because we've been talking about it since the beginning of March when we finished the last episode. So imagine, I don't know, NWA's copyright for that entire Straight Out of Compton album expires. And fucking Ice Cube forgets about it. So somebody else buys it. And because there are offensive lyrics on there, they change the songs so that now they can be released and they can do commercials with them and everything else. So instead of fuck the police, it's talk to the police. (laughs) Talk to the police. And I don't know what's going to be coming from the underground and who's going to have it bad because he's brown. But... Because they're going to change, so there's not any racism in there anymore right. either, right? They're just going to be, if there's racism going to exist because DeSantis is going to be on one side, and then you got fucking these dumbass fucking Democrats who are at the fucking top of the Democratic Party on the other side. Yeah, talk to the police. And there are others that could be that fucking outlandish. It always bothered me. So The Breakfast Club is, is not one of my favorite movies ever. Well, but I do like before. that movie. It's a wonderful movie. But on the edited version that they used to show on, like, I don't know, Channel 2 or whatever, um, Molly Ringwald said, you are such a brat. (laughs) And it always just fucking made me laugh so much. Because bitch isn't even really a bad word. I mean, but they edited the fuck out of that. But, I mean, that's where, like, those movies are so impossibly like when he leans into her panties <laughs> fucking hilarious dude <laughs> fucking hilarious <laughs> Woo! well okay yeah so you know the, the james bond stuff they were talking about how some of the sexist stuff was still going to be there but there was going to be a warning but they're removing stuff so some of the movies 
you know, so Animal House started off college movies probably. It was the first college movie that did well for sure and has a cult following. Um, John Belushi was under the bleachers fucking looking up at up girls' skirts. He was on a fucking ladder being a peeping Tom. One kid called another one a fruit, which I'm pretty sure is some sort of gay slander. Um, are, are we going to get rid of Animal House in its entirety? Because Animal House really kind of spurred on old school. And old school, I know a lot of kids like that. You're I, my boy, Blue. I love that movie. <laughs> right. So are we going to take out the entire pool wrestling scene because it shows tits? Well, and because allegedly it would just be a straight sexist rhetorical disposition. Right. And, and the, and the maybe part at the beginning. Ageism there the, because Blue's so old. And the part at the beginning where uh, Luke Wilson accidentally. Uh, with the, Quit being such a fag. <laughs> but, but he ends up having sex with that girl who's in high school. Well, yeah, but you said at the beginning, so I thought you. Well, that's pretty much was, at the beginning when he was in the fucking. He jumped in the cab at the airport, and the guys like he goes. Luke Wilson goes, um, "Excuse me, sir, your seatbelt's not working." And he goes, "You're in the back seat. Quit being such a fag." <laughs> <laughs> he drives off, <laughs> and then he slams the brake and make him slam his face into the screen. So, on, on for historical purposes and for the pseudo art purposes, I, I look. I'm I'm with you. I don't want all these things to be bastardized. I don't want all these things to be changed. I don't want Animal House to go away. Even that that wasn't like my again. Like I liked uh, Breakfast Club way more than I liked Animal House. But I know Animal House was. Uh, well, you liked Breakfast Club because it had some sort of fucking social meaning, right? Of course. Animal House had no fucking social commentary at all. It was a comedy. It was National Lampoons, dude. Yeah, like Van Wilder or like... Uh... No, not like Van Wilder. When National Lampoons was good. I'm not I'm not <laughs> comparing them. I said that it has no social commentary. Right. So. Yeah. No, no social redeeming features at all. Unless you consider... Don't drink and don't do drugs like John Belushi did. Some sort of thing. I don't know. Well, I mean, and if you if you can be a quick talker, then you can get shit worked out like Ryan Reynolds, you know? Van Wilder. Uh, I, I only ever watched it once, so. I mean, it wasn't my favorite movie either. It just didn't have a lot of socially redeeming values to it. But, that, but having said that, though, sometimes... So it did, those things did have social redeeming value during that time period... Because the rise of the, the the Christian right was like pressing, so in in certain moments, so like, uh, and we'll come back to this more when we talk about the movies. But there's an argument at the end of People versus Larry Flint when they go to the Supreme Court and they ask the question when they're talking about uh, uh, Jerry Falwell sleeping with his. Fuck having his sex with yeah. his mother in outhouse satire. What's that? What's that? What's the social value of that? Well, the social value is to demonstrate absurdity. You know, you demonstrate the absurdity, and you demonstrate the absurdity of your disagreement with that ideological disposition. So obviously, fucking hustler 
thought that the way that the Christian right was functioning in relation to concepts like uh, pornography and censorship, you know, and smut and all the shit that they'd fucking say was over the fucking top. Just like uh, the way that uh, comedy from a national, loon dispos- national lampoon disposition would be uh, over the top to demonstrate that sometimes when we get a little bit you know, bogged down in these spaces where we're talking about what we should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing with regards to uh, how we conduct ourselves as individuals, it can get a little bit over top. It's well, and top I guess some point in time. If, if you really watch old school, if you watch Animal House, if you watch Van Wilder, and, and old school was not National Lampoon, so I, but I was putting it in there the are same, themes, same similar category. themes, yeah. yeah. Then it is one class versus the other, whether it's, you know, poor and stupid versus elitist or well poor and stupid versus elitist is really so there's a class was. there's a class discussion in, in Lampo- and in animal house there is a class discussion i guess i didn't yeah. think about that that's funny thank you sir man i have another what yeah. about revenge of the nerds also yeah i mean but again same basic thing but i think more see and that's one that they would completely fucking ban now because Mm -hmm. they're calling them nerds geeks whatever Mm -hmm. and that's offensive Mm -hmm. even though nerds and geeks fucking end up running the fucking world now but um i think that that is something because that is you know they're putting this entire fucking group in this negative space yeah Social outcasts. Yeah. yeah. So I think that that is something that they would change. And instead of calling them nerds, they'd call them really smart people who like to read. Which fucks everything up because it, like them overcoming the stigma and him fucking Betty, you know, I mean, these are, these are important things. They you know? are incredibly important, but they would get rid of that entire moonwalk scene where he factor on the moon we have bush <laughs> I mean, my god dude that entire thing would be gone oh hip high <laughs> oh and that yeah that definitely would be gone because he was asian yeah and he's all gone i mean sir but I, that was a good movie but see you mentioned you said overcome and i don't think okay so maybe the LGBTQA plus or whatever the fuck they are now, maybe they have overcome some things. But for the most part, kids today haven't overcome anything. They don't, for the most part, do homework. When field day happens, they all get fucking ribbons. If they're in a fucking organized sport, baseball, soccer, whatever, they all get trophies. So they don't have to practice to get better. They don't have to overcome anything. And, and I the, know the, the trophy thing is only true at a certain age. You get to a certain point where competition and there are there are there are sports positions that are structured when they're younger too, where they I mean, where there is it is not just everybody gets a fucking Dude, maybe I don't know what age it is, but like twelve. I I see pee wee football where they're fucking these 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 parents would not be putting their kids in it if it wasn't for 
competition. I mean, parents that are uh, no, there's baseball. competition. Matt used to get fucked up. He had two concussions by the time he was nine, but everybody was a winner. Matt was nine forever ago. I promise you. Some of that stuff is. I mean, the the rhetorical spaces for some of it exists. So you, what I'm saying is, that there might be a group where it's non-competitive, but there's a market for the competitive, and there are families that 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 push that and it's probably something that you have to buy into which again makes that a class thing at that point in time you know well, they have to buy into all of it i and i mean fucking that girl i used to live with paid a bunch of money for e to play soccer Jesus you know when genie they, they, like... they did field day at high school when genie was there and uh the field day that they did it was like student spirit stuff i mean it was just so tacky just makes me want to puke and it's not because but see my mom and she was born in 43 she always said that like when they did field day she always felt bad because she never won a ribbon Mm -hmm. so i understand you know her point of view on it but again it doesn't it doesn't give them anything to to strive for. If she would have really felt that bad, then maybe she would have practiced so that she could run faster. Or, but I'm guessing she just didn't give a shit. Well, so that's a guess. And the concept, like, so I don't think that the way that the system existed then, or the way that the system that I grew up in exist, that it was perfect either, right? Because that is in in some ways. A false concept of overcoming things too just getting a fucking ribbon doesn't saying that you win i mean competition as a concept is always going to be important because in star trek they even like it was not synthetic they like had concrete expressions of and and, and that is supposed to be a socialist you know space Dude, they used to go into the fucking thing and fight and shit yeah i remember yeah star, star trek yeah. believed in so um we don't want to do away with the concept of uh, competition. We don't want everything to be about people's fucking sensitivity. That that is that is foolish and obnoxious because ultimately, history is not done. We need to continue to try to find a way to get things better so that we survive. You know, as water starts to go away and as the more that we don't deal with our environmental questions, this is going to become acutely clear in the in the next few years. Not, yeah, not several well, you years. Know what? Few years. Actually, now that you mention that, fuck it. Maybe this uh, non-competition thing is better because they're not used to running for anything, let alone water. So when push so, comes to shove, and the aliens land, uh, only the fast people are going to live, and the ones that are slow are going to die. Well, don't have to outrun the aliens; just have to outrun you. <laughs> You gotta be quick. No, I don't have to be quicker than them. I just gotta be quicker than you, motherfucker. So, <clears throat> and that was originally a bear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I just back to the sort of like concept of. Uh, I know we got sidetracked with the. Well, we do. We do that a lot. I mean, and and that it doesn't matter. But part of the reason why I was kind of drawing a concern. Uh, about the way that it was being framed is that obviously I agree that books or art should maintain their integrity because of the function of history. Like the concept of history is something that 
if I'm a Marxist or somebody who likes Marx and Hegel, I, you know, I, I have to like history. It's, it's the, 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 one comes with the other, right? Because that, I believe that that creates the framework for possibilities ultimately. And in the struggle in those spaces, which again, competition, you know, like that's why, you know. Well, you, you really can't know where you're going if you don't know where you've been. Well, and, and, and I don't mean yeah. to use that cliche, but it's true. And but that's a tricky that's a tricky concept. Like, so art is only a reflection of it. Like, part of the reason why I brought up the Twitter files stuff is, and, and like all those other things, we'll, we can go into this more in the second part. You know, but if we don't understand what Rudyard Kipling meant, you know, what, what that was in terms of understanding what British imperialism was during that time period, uh, the way that they were looking at people that were not in Western Europe. Uh, if we don't, and, and then the way that that sort of exacted a certain kind of power structure in India, in, you know, uh, in China, you know, when, you know, Hong Kong and, and whatnot. If we don't understand that, if we're not placing it in a larger context, then we're not really understanding what it, what the historical significance was of that, that in the first place. So bastardizing it hides all of that fucking shit at the same time. But it, being able to see those things doesn't guarantee that you're going to be able to see that other stuff because you have to be smart enough to be able to pull the paradigm out in the first place. And like, like you, you, you kind of suggested to even understand where the possibilities of the future are, you've got to really understand you know, why it is that Netflix wants to, you know, change that stuff in the first place in terms of creating a false sense of uh, social development. You yeah, because there's, there's some serious fucking irony there, uh -huh. dude. Considering Chappelle was the guy that offended everybody on a Netflix special. And when I say everybody, I mean the woke people, right? So he offends everyone on a Netflix special. But... Chappelle is one of the most watched stand-up comedians probably in the world. Of all time. Definitely yeah. in the United yeah. States. But in order to cater to these woke, oh, you can't say fat. Fat's offensive. Fuck you. Fat is a word. Retard is a word. Cunt is a word. And you guys are all a bunch of fat, retarded cunts. <laughs> Um, Did you see that? <laughs> that was a demonstration. <laughs> he was he was illustrating how to continue to use those words. Um, For shizzle, but I won't go the other way. So they're they're doing it, and I know this is where you were going. So mm -hmm. I don't mean to steal no, your thunder, dude. No, you're not. There's no but thunder I mean, stealing. They're doing it for money. Mm -hmm. And you'd think that these woke people, if they were truly woke, they would say, you know what? We're not going to read the doll books because you're still showing Chappelle. And Chappelle was the one that pissed us off to begin with. And sorry, Dave, I'm not trying to throw you under the bus. And I'm sorry for calling you Dave because I don't fucking know you. Um, but... <laughs> I, I don't. You're, you're not really sorry. No, I'm not. I mean, yeah, that was kind of a stupid thing for you to say. So I don't. I don't really know 
like that's a really respectful thing though that weirds me out a little bit dude you apologize for something that you would never really apologize well because of how much you respect the him. way that he approaches these kinds of things yes yeah. him not another people. but that's irony too right yeah you fucking kowtowing motherfucker you fucking nut lapping fucking i'll fucking kowtow to dave Chappelle. i'll fucking dance a jig dude um Carry on, please. But <laughs> you dumb fucker. <laughs> Just keep talking, dick. It, it's all about money, which again we talked about just right before I hit the record button. All of this is. But what's interesting about that, though, like for me to say that it's all about money, that's not necessarily a critique because m- money. Like, and this is something I've alluded to in in the. So, uh, Marx said that uh, money is the uh, what the fuck the alienation the alienated capacity of hum- humanity, right? So that that does not mean alien money is evil, right? For all of you fucking people that think that you're Marxists and you think that fucking money is evil, you are fucking stupid. Money is a tool. Money allows us to use the expression of abstraction in terms of how we. Uh, engage concepts of value in abstract ways you do not abandon that you do not throw that away you just don't allow the motherfuckers that have power over it to be the ones that utilize it and manipulate it so that you're stuck on the bottom and their social relation continues to reproduce on the top you have to be able to be smart enough to engage and to utilize that abstraction to where it becomes liberatory not repressive or oppressive sorry no that's fine dude so in that context though the Chappelle stuff right they cannot abandon that market because there's so much, like you said, he's the, he's the most fucking watched comedian probably in history. Well, and he ends up having them watch other stand-up comedians. Yeah, he drives the market. Who, yeah, who have other specials that are on Netflix, and they could be just as offensive as he is. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I don't... But that's that's but that's another one of those ironies where you have like you said you have you have the situation on the side where they kowtow to that other space but they're not kowtowing to it they're, 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 it's a double prong strategy right one is is that they make it look on one front like they give a fuck what these people's opinions are they create the space where they can show that shit to their kids and hold their hands in their little fucking circles and say. We changed the world. We really affected something. It's right. really real. And at the same time, the real market driver is this other space where the individual continues to function as a real artist and deep in the seeds of what Dave Chappelle is doing are the are the seeds for tomorrow, the, where it is that we're going. The, I, I hope you're fucking the, right. The thing, well, that this is the way that history has happened in, t- for time immemorial. Like Shakespeare, you know, was was the guy. Who, I mean, and he, like you said, irreverent, dirty, body. You know, I mean, fucking and fucking hilarious. I mean, he showed the British people and through anybody that engaged in that, you know, those images throughout the fucking, you know, the globe now. He showed Dude, he us. introduced shitloads of word to the words to the dictionary that just didn't fucking exist. Well, he created the space for us to be able to see ourselves in the abstract as it's performed. All of the things that turned into television and turned into fucking movies, you know, the box office, all that stuff. 
is rooted in the way that he created irony, the way that he created, you know, satire, the way that he showed us the human condition in a way that we had never looked at the human condition before. I mean, like Chappelle is, in my estimation, he's not Shakespeare, but he's an extension of Shakespeare because of the way that he crafts his, 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 uh, comedy performance yeah performance delivery yeah he shows us something about ourselves that we didn't which is exactly what shakespeare was doing fuck i already knew it that's why i laugh most of the time but i i I don't know i i think a lot of that shit wow i was gonna start talking about other stand-up comedians but who else who else do you like other than him Dude, I fucking love Chris Rock. I mean, of course, all of the old guys. Have you seen the shit, George though? Wallace, David Spade, Blake Clark. Have you seen the Will Smith thing, though, with the new Chris Rock one? Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. And I love the fact that he said, you know what? I'm single now. And I've been fucking. And he said, you know, what's weird is that I'm going to go home with somebody tonight. And I'll eat her ass, but I'm not going to hold her hand. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he said I'll eat her ass but I'm not going to hold her hand so yeah Chris Rock um, I mean Bill Burr is fucking hysterical he's, and he has really been is. for a long time and he, he, he's another one that says things that really make people uncomfortable sometimes Jim Jeffries yeah. um, who's that, that the hillbilly um, he's, he's a newer comedian Dude, he's you fun. were trying to talk to me about him because you said he does a podcast too. Yeah, um, dude, he's fucking funny as shit. Keep, on, keep talking. That, Do you like Louis C.K.? Yeah, he's pretty funny. And his show was fucking hysterical. Um, but they cut it. I think he was too offensive. But like I said, Dave Attell is fucking hilarious. He's got this fucking show, this bit about retards and buttons, and it fucking makes me laugh so hard I cry um retards and buttons yeah if you guys haven't seen the retard button thing by David Tell you need to look it up it's fucking a riot but there's there's a bunch of them and there's some of them that I don't even know their names dude I mean which means probably just that they're not famous yet Because I used to watch all of those, like MTV had a half an hour comedy special way back when, HBO had the HBO half hour comedy hour, Um, I always watched the stand-up comedians on like Letterman and fucking, well, I never watched Leno, because I was pissed they gave him the job instead of Letterman, but whatever. Um, this guy, they never, they don't put him in a lot of places because Which, he's irreverent. You said his name was Tim Von Theo. No. Theo Von. Theo Von. Yeah, Theo. Theo, fucking funny motherfucker, dude. Um. Yeah. So there's there's a bunch of them, and I generally like the ones that are dirtier than cleaner. I mean, Amy Schumer. A lot of her stuff, I think, is funny. A lot of them. A lot of it, I just don't get probably because i don't have a pussy um theo theo vaughn he had to fucking leave he went out to la and he had to to leave because people were such fucking bitches i mean that's but that's just but i mean whatever that's the world we live in right sometimes you got to pay the price to try to uh, 
to do things the way that, he, and he left. He didn't change the way that he did his comedy. He just left. He said, I'm going to go fucking do my own thing. You mean he had to leave because they were like going to give him a hating show or him. something and he had to leave? Or they he were was doing stand-up him. comedy and, and people in fucking California were fucking like shitting on his forehead. No, I get that part. Yeah. But what I'm saying is I don't understand. Like, why was he in there? Why was he in L.A. or San Diego or wherever in California to begin with? Was because he, that was the market. He was just there to do stand-up. Yeah, he, but he was, yeah. And then the reactions that developed, especially, okay. like, around uh, COVID and everything. He's like, I can't fucking do this up here. Like, a lot of the, and there's a ton of them that left and went down to Austin, like, following Joe Rogan and stuff. Because, and the fucking comedians, comedy scene in fucking, uh, um, allegedly, in uh, Austin right now is, like, crazy. Because of all these people that couldn't stand uh, uh, California politics anymore. So, which... That's interesting. Because yeah. I always thought of Austin as a music town, not a comedy town. It's a performance town now, you know? I mean, because the music's not going anywhere. South by Southwest and fucking right, Austin but City I, Limits and all that shit. Even with Robert Rodriguez being there with everything he's done, I wouldn't have considered it even a movie town. And I know they make movies there. That. But, I mean, they make movies in Albuquerque. I don't consider Albuquerque a fucking movie town. Atlanta's a fucking movie or town, a fucking, though, now. Or, or a stand-up town, for that matter. But, like, things change, you know? Atlanta's a, Atlanta is a fucking, like, the center of fucking black film now. It's you know? a production in, in town, for sure. I mean, because that's where uh, Adult Swim was. The, uh -huh. You know, the studios for Adult Swim, all uh -huh. of those fucking cartoons they produced. That was all Atlanta. The Walking Dead was done through Atlanta. Every, well, basically any fucking movie or show you've seen that has that fucking peach at the yeah, end. The Georgia peach. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Which and is stupid. Georgia peaches who's, suck. Who's the big black producer? The one that uh, Mama's House and all that stupid Fuck shit. Fuck that guy. But he's he, he has everything he does, he does out of Atlanta. Of course. But he's shitty you shouldn't mention atlanta and call it a movie town and then mention tyler perry they're black I'm gonna talk, people that I'm gonna don't talk, like tyler perry i'm gonna talk about anybody that's making movies down there i'm not gonna pick and choose who i like necessarily and there's no doubt tyler perry produces a ton of fucking movies dude yeah like him or not right so I, I can keep my emotions out of things a little bit are you capable of doing that motherfucker? no no i'm not um He's going to try to make me not talk about it now, so he's going to try to no, censor me, I, motherfucker. I even laughed because there's this... God damn it, and now I can't remember his name. There's this stand-up comedian. He happens to be black. I'm not just picking the black ones, but he said something. It was almost like Chappelle on the Chappelle show was talking about how... Uh, what's his name? Alan wasn't really black. And then at the end, he fucking... Was buying crack and smacking hoes and fucking. What was that? No, he had him the it's, the it's, comedian, the really dumb fucking comedian, right? You're talking. He was on that. Yeah. What line is it anyway, or something like that? What was that guy's fucking name? Oh, that was a funny fucking episode, dude. That was a really funny episode, dude. But anyway, it was like that because the guy said, you know, Tyler Perry's not black, or he could do black people a favor by not making movies anymore. Um. <sighs> What was that guy's I'm name? I'm almost there, dude. 
No, not the one on Chappelle. The one, the stand-up comedian that said the Tyler Perry thing. Not Wayne Brady then. Wayne Brady. No, no, no. Wayne Brady, but that's the, the one comparison that I. Fun of. Right. Yeah. So Chappelle was making fun of Wayne Brady, saying he's not black, and this other stand-up comedian was saying, "Quit it." That might have been my third favorite Chappelle show. Dude, that was fucking hilarious. Dude, it was. Fucking, dude, it dude. was but I still think that fucking. Uh, um, I mean, obviously, fucking Prince and yeah. fucking. Uh, Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Fucking funniest shit in the history of the fucking universe, dude. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, I'm Rick James, bitch. All right. He is Rick James, and I am not. We are at an hour and eight. So should we cut it off at your Rick James, bitch, and yeah. then yeah, and come then we'll back? come back and we'll get more into the political economy stuff because we definitely have to make sure to be clear that. Uh, um, when we're talking about censorship, we need to understand what the intelligence community's done for the, over the course of the last 20, 23, 24 years. So. Okay, well, just for shits and grins, close it out with another Rick James, dude. I'm Rick James, bitch! Cocaine's a hell of a drug.